Nobody know who gets to rock Losing control from the driver's side Oh, little did we know we were home the whole time Highs with the lows and the lows with the highs Of the seed to the fruit, from the vine to the wine From the tree to the root to the child inside Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the House of Pride show live from San Francisco with your host, Freaky Turner. We have a great show for you, folks. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short musical break. Oh. 
just begun to get a share of this world's delight. I hope we have for the future and our goals in sight. We know we don't get depressed. Here's what we call our golden rule. Have faith in you and the things you do. Right, uh, we are family right here at House of Pride Radio every week live from San Francisco, folks. Welcome. What a show we have for you today. I want to introduce you to my co-host today, Armando. Welcome. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. Now, Armando, you are uh, a director and producer. Is that correct? Yes. yes. How's and writer. And writer. Well, thank you for being my co-host today as well. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really good. Yeah, beautiful day and a great day to come in and uh, and catch up and um, talk talk art and all cool stuff in the city. Yes, indeed. And what a show, folks, we have for you uh, today. Today, we have uh, two guests from the Hornblower Cruises uh, here in San Francisco, uh, one of those fabulous countries. Um, companies that started out 30 years ago uh, as a startup in Berkeley and moved to San Francisco and have has flourished uh, year after year. And while we want to talk about all their products that they have to offer to us out here, San Francisco, not only in San Francisco, we can talk about how they've grown to other places and all that good stuff. And to top that off, we're going to be giving away a couple of cruise tickets, folks. So yeah. we want you to call in when I cue you to call in at this number, 415 415- Five five zero zero five one one. That's four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Now jot that number down, and uh, well, let's get the show going, shall we, Amando? Yes, yeah, I think so. Are you sure? <laughs> well, whatever you think about it, if you want. Um, I thought about it, and I think yeah. I think that's All right. <laughs> so uh, um, let's uh, let's um, welcome our guests. <laughs> 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 Two, horn, two, two ladies from Hornblowers from the Marketing and Sales Department here in San Francisco, folks. I'm so happy to have them. Albina Bishop and Jana, Jana Stalker. Is that right? Jana Stalker. Yep. Jana Stalker. Sorry, I'm putting too much emphasis on the A's. <laughs> welcome, ladies. How are you yes, guys welcome. doing? Hello. Oh, we're doing great. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. We're doing great. Thanks so much for having us over here. Um, well, t- um, you know, I... I, uh, I'm, I'm uh, impressed by the company, first of all. We, we, we love our local companies yes. here in San Francisco. And um, Hornblow is, uh, you know, uh, founded uh, by a, uh, uh, a very interesting man by the name of Terry McRae. Terry McRae, yep. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about your experience with him? 
Oh yeah, he's our, our fearless leader, has <laughs> endless amounts of energy, always tackling the newest project. As you said, we've we started off in Berkeley as a, a tiny little boat company and we've grown massively. We have ports all up in California, a port in New York. Um, we we take the ferry services to Alcatraz as well as statue cruises in New York. We're kind of all over the place. So um, you know, Terry's always taking on the new project and was he always a boat? guy yes always always start with boats but we're, we're experimenting in other other areas of well we have a um hornblower classic cable cars here in san francisco so we kind of left the water oh, a little bit that. yeah that's that's a newer thing what so, uh, what line is that um it's actually not on a line it's it's out through the city so they're motorized so they can go oh, wherever I've you seen, want them to go but those. a lot of them are actually <laughs> the original cable cars that used to run on like the california street line oh, okay. so oh, it's really cool. cool it's like actual cable cars i've seen them driving yeah yeah right? they're yeah. they're all over the, the line where i live I've seen them pass by. I mm-hmm. think I'm maybe on Gary or something. Yeah. <laughs> but you can rent them out or... Yep, you can rent them out. You can take a pre, preset city tour if you need transportation somewhere, or if you want to go bar hopping, whatever you want, you can rent a cable car. Well, I think uh, some people I know could definitely use that for because they are occasional bar hoppers in, yeah, <laughs> on yeah, Friday nights, Saturday nights. I've, I've definitely so rolled really up cool. to the DNA lounge in a cable car before. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you don't have to worry. You can drink, you know, drink champagne all night and don't worry about driving. Cheers. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So tell us about, um, oh, I mean, this is season 2018. It has started already. Tell us about some of these new products that I've I've read about or, or heard about. Um, so I know that there's a couple of folks listening to us. Uh, and in fact, the ones we're going to be giving away, I, th- either the, I think they're called Alive After Five and the Social Sundays. Happy hours, yes. Happy hour so parties. So these are uh, cocktail cruises. We're normally done dining cruises. So we've had the brunch cruises and the dinner cruises, supper club cruises. So now we're launching into happy hour, like the cocktails one so one of them is on thursdays only and it's called a live after five cruise and we start boarding at 5 30 and then you cruise for a couple of hours six to eight um it's great we do have a couple of flights that you can purchase on board and um <laughs> 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 the horn blower yeah. horn blower very important <laughs> yes yeah, so we do have cocktails you can purchase Yes, and, and you can see many seagulls birds, as well. Birds. Yes. You get to see a lot of nature. Yes. <laughs> yeah, last year we actually had an amazing whale season. So like every time I was on a live after five, there was whales every time I went out. It's really cool. So folks, you get big bang for your buck. Uh, you get the experience of being on a yacht. Uh, mm-hmm. a very uh, elegant yes. uh, experience. Uh, great staff. Uh, and a couple bars on the cocktail party. I know there's... At least two. Yes, we do have. Yeah, bars. always at least two bars open. Um, we have great DJs too. Mm-hmm. DJ oh. Mike, <laughs> like yourself. Yes, top-notch entertainment, world-class entertainment, world-class. Um, and you get to go out on the Great Bay of San Francisco, one of the most pristine environments in the world. Yes, the view is yeah, amazing. it's definitely the the best view of any happy hour I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> the views are nonstop, always changing. It's really fun we usually where do you get take to go the folk, where does the captain drive the phone uh, we like to say we try to generally go bridge to bridge so we start um up near pier our offices and our ships leave from pier three um and so then they usually go out and go under the golden gate which is really fun it's a very unique perspective to go underneath it um <laughs> and then we'll go, usually go by alcatraz and then back 
back past the city skyline and under the Bay Bridge. Um, sometimes if it's a game night, we might stop into McCovey Cove and you can kind of look into AT&T Park. So that's always fun. Oh, yes. um, mm-hmm. And then back to Pier 3. <laughs> so really great views. And then at night, a lot of times you can see the, the Bay Lights on the Bay Bridge, which are pretty spectacular. Yes, those, uh, I don't know, those patterns that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the light Normally, installation yeah. on the bridge. Oh, yeah, the one that the, 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 the glitter. Yeah, it's yeah, always changing. Spectacle, yeah, mm-hmm. those are amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, you're no, I was, was going to say, you know, I've never been on a cruise before, and I'll be, I'll be really honest, cruises have always kind of petrified me a little bit. I don't know, because <laughs> I, I, I guess, yeah, I guess, you, I guess you know what? Well, because of the fact that I... I guess me. I, I watch a lot of 2020, <laughs> and I hear those stories all the time. So, for those who have never been on a cruise, um, what would you say are what 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 should we overlook when wanting to? I feel like I need to go on a cruise because I want to see if I could do it. And so, just for those of for like people like me, what 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 can we expect on 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 a cruise? Like, what what are, what are some of the things that you would just make want make maybe want maybe make people come on the, on the cruise for Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, our cruises are a great intro because they're not overnight or anything. They're just little two to three hour cruises, whether a cocktail cruise or a quick brunch cruise with bottomless mimosas. That's also one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> or a dinner cruise. So it's, it's not a large commitment if you're worried about being nervous about being on the water or if you don't know if you get seasick or not. Um, so I would say definitely come out and give it a try on the bay. That's one of the best ways to, to see it. Um, one thing I'd always say, it always seems the most rocky when you first get on board, because if you're not moving, it's actually the most rocky, which kind of seems counterintuitive. But mm-hmm. when you're going faster and out on the bay, you usually, especially on our, our boats, tend to be a little larger. So you it really generally doesn't feel too rocky most of the times um, if you're worried about seasickness. Uh, in terms of for people who've never come on cruises, definitely try it. It's, it's a very unique perspective to be on the water. It's very different from being on the land and <laughs> different way to major, see the city. Very different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm sold. So, yeah, <laughs> come I'm, on I'm, out. I'm definitely to- sold. You know, I, I think, you know, I gotta, I gotta take chances. I mean, I've, I've, I went skydiving. Ooh, I'm yeah. gonna try that. I went sky, I went skydiving, and I think the next thing I'm gonna do is just. This is way easier. Yeah, way way easier. <laughs> yeah, skydiving. Exactly. Yeah. If, I could, if I could skydive, then I could do this. Yeah. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. All right. This well, year, yeah. just serve cocktails. You have to just sit back and relax. Yeah. It's definitely easier than jumping out of a plane. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. All right, and uh, yeah, well, I think um, that will happen before the end of the year. Great. We'll, yeah. Well, come happen, on by. So. We, we know people, so. Perfect. <laughs> And so, um, how how uh, Hornblows is a growing company? Would you is that right? You've expanded into these other markets yes. that you've mentioned in San Diego as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but um, is the biggest base here in San Francisco? Still? Yeah, yeah, we would be definitely be the largest port. We did originate in Berkeley, so we still have a smaller port in Berkeley. That's mainly we do charter cruises. So if you're looking to have a wedding or a private party or a corporate event, a lot of those go out of Berkeley on some of our smaller boats. But um, our port of San Francisco and our Northern California ports are are definitely our largest still. Um, though we do have some ports kind of getting close to us in size. Um, uh, but yeah, we have three three yachts that live in San Francisco. One of them is the San Francisco Bell. She's kind of an iconic site on the San Francisco waterfront. She's this large, iconic um, riverboat. She has a paddle yes. wheel, very hard to miss on the waterfront, and she can hold. She's the, actually the largest dining yacht on the West Coast, which is I pretty cool. I read that twenty two hundred people. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's the Coast Guard amount. Like a, we usually do it yeah. a little less, so it doesn't feel too crowded. <laughs> but it can easily, easily fit for dining up to fifteen hundred people. Amazing. Um, yeah, she's a really fun one. <laughs> 
Well, let's uh, take a musical break. Let's have uh, let's have uh, the third caller call in and win those pair of tickets for happy hour tickets? on Hornblowers at four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Folks, start calling in. Uh, we'll take a musical break. Take your calls, and then when we come back, let's talk about Fleet Week. Mm. Yeah. All Ooh. right. Definitely. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs>
right, all right. We're back live at House of Pride Radio. Uh, do we, I think we have a caller. Can you hear us? Hello? Oh, hold on. Hello? Hi, hold on. Okay, say something. Hello? Hi, what's your name? Hi. What is your name, honey? My name is Pasita. Congratulations, you won a pair of tickets on the uh, Alive After Five cruise. Yes, thank you. (laughs) How do you feel about that, Pasita? (laughs) Oh my God, I'm cheesing from here to Mississippi. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, honey, well, we have your number. I'll give you all the details off the air, okay? All right, we're back live at House of Pride Radio. Thanks so much. That was very generous of you ladies to give away out a ticket on the Alive After Five product going out on Thursday nights at uh, what time do they have to show? So 5.30 is boarding and then 6 to 8 is going to be cruising time. So if they show up, you know, between 5.30 and 5.55, the maximum, <laughs> you know, because you know how the boat is. We're Don't want to miss the boat. Leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So let's talk about some of the big events that Hornblowers is involved with, like Fleet Week. Is that the first one coming? No, actually, it's not. Fourth of July. Oh, yeah. We we have tons of events. We always have special cruises for every single holiday you can think of. The Coming up, we have like a Memorial Day brunch cruise. So if you need something to do with your uh, Monday off, come join us for Bottomless Mimosas. May 28th, please. Mm. Yeah, for Father's Day, we have like beer lunch cruises. So dad really likes beer. As we guess, most dads do. (laughs) We have lots of beer lunch cruises, beer brunch cruises. Um, Yes, 4th of July is a really big event as well. So we have tons of uh, fireworks cruises. So if you want to see fireworks from out on the bay, we have lots of cruises going out from either San Francisco or Berkeley. And Sacramento, too. Let's just hope that there's no fog when that happens. Let's face it. You know, we all know that in in July in the summer. It can be a little foggy. foggy. It's true. It it just kills Mm -hmm. it. But hopefully, you know, we've been having pretty good weather. So I think. Yeah, yeah. For sure. (laughs) And, you know, out on the water, you might be closer than you would be on land. That's true. That is very true. I remember one time I was was watching the fireworks back in 2000 over on. one of the islands and it was you couldn't even see any fireworks at all it was just thick it, all you saw was just like little specks of light <laughs> through the clouds so. hopefully not this fourth of july, <laughs> not, this fourth of july. not at all <laughs> oh so. it looks like we have another caller do we have Ooh. maybe okay let's yeah, take sure. this call yeah we, have plenty. we got tickets we're good <laughs> hello you're on house of pride radio who are we speaking with hello you're speaking with Bernadette, Bernadette, are you the lady who lives on Florida Street right around the corner? <laughs> I do. Yes. I'm your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, well nice. thank you so much for listening to us today, and congratulations. You won. Can we give her the Social Sunday one? Of course. Yeah, you won a good. pair of tickets on Social Sunday Hornblower Cruise. Nice. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. It's my favorite local radio show here in the Mission. I love 
House of Pride so much and Tweeka Turner and all your amazing guests. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Bernadette. I love you too. Um, I have your info. I'll be contacting you with, with the details. And uh, while we have you on the phone, what's your next uh, event? Oh my gosh, thank you so much for asking. I'm really excited. I am the co-curator of Freak Chic Vintage Vogue on Saturday, June 2nd, and that's going to be at Chicken John's Warehouse at the corner <laughs> of Mission and Cesar Chavez, so also close in the Mission. Tickets are $25, and I'm really excited. We've got Suppository Spelling, Ruby Blue Gender Bender, Queen, um, so many people. I'm really excited, and um, it's a fundraiser for a good cause um, for a local non-profit non, uh, in the arts. So I'm looking forward to it. If people want to follow you or learn more information, where should they go? They should, um, they can look up Freak Chic on Eventbrite or they can uh, search it on Facebook. Fabulous, Bernadette, fabulous. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. I'm so happy you won those tickets and love you. Talk to you again. Thank you for those tickets. I'm so excited and I love House of Pride. Congratulations. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> So, ladies, where can folks go to learn more about hornblowers? Um, you can visit our website, hornblower.com, or you can give us a call to our reservation system. They know all of the cruises as well. That number is 415-788-8866. Um, so, either either way, <laughs> three it's, places to learn more. We do have a Facebook page oh. and an Instagram page as well, so you can all the social follow media. us. Follow, like, Is it comments, one word or tweet? two words technically, hornblowers? One word. One, one word. word. Hornblower. Hornblower. <laughs> there it is. It's coming. Here comes the bell now through the fog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enough. Uh, oh, God. We're lighting up now, Armando. People want some tickets. <laughs> so, you know what? They came at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so many products, uh, such a history of success and uh, part of the community here. Um, do you guys, do they, does Hornblower um, do charitable events as well or do they? Uh, yeah, sometimes we're involved with fundraisers. Um, sometimes we um, will give away our cruise tickets for raffles that benefit different, you know, nonprofits and such. So I that's very common. Well. Yeah, common for us to donate passes to yeah. our cruises. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. And um, folks not only can come on as like a public cruise or um, uh, uh, these different products that we have, but they can also charter out. Mm -hmm. That is correct. Can you tell us a little bit how that's done? Or? Uh, so yeah, we have seven different yachts in the Bay, either living in San Francisco or Berkeley, but you can pretty much any, any type of event you want, all of our food, is prepared fresh on board um, so we have our own internal food and beverage department that can help customize your menu so whether you're trying to do a wedding or a birthday party or a corporate event um, we we can host it on a boat and we have boats that have anything from like 50 to 60 people to like we talked about before on the bell, the bell. 1500 <laughs> or more 
Yeah. That's exciting. That's actually really, really cool because I know there's so many people who want to have, you know, put on events or parties and they just don't know where to, where to do it. Yeah. So they could find a new way to something different and just mm-hmm. do it on, right on the web. Yeah, yeah, it's a really unique yeah. space. And then each of our boats are very different. All of our yachts, they're not cookie cutter. Like some of them are very stylized, whether like an old school as you know, paddle wheel boat or the San Francisco Spirit is like a sleek modern yacht. They're they're all different and they all have a different character, which is so much fun to have such a wide range fleet. Just like the bay. Very yeah, different. Yeah. Very, lots of variety. Lots, lots of, of character. Lots of characters. Yeah. Just like everything. Just like the bay. <laughs> so I, was, I I love that how Almondo went from being afraid of going on boats to now wanting to be. Everyone, everyone, anything could change. Anything mm-hmm. could change. All it takes is good people, and they could get you instantly hooked. Yeah. So on yeah, so I'm I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna um, celebrate on the boat with champagne or your choice of beverage. Yep. Cheers. Yeah, <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to that. Thumbs <laughs> um, up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Are there, are there any other um, points we want to bring up, uh, Jenna? I don't know. Got anything else? Did we cover if you right. want to get on a boat, contact these ladies right here. Yeah. If you want, if you want you know, a great, great time on, on the water, this is the place to yeah, go. Yeah. Any, any holiday you want to come celebrate, come with us. We, we got a cruise for it. <laughs> right. So the, the, you guys go out every week and then yep. what's the next big holiday coming up? Do you think? Is that Father's Day? Or? Father's Day, yeah, would well, be the Memorial next big one. Day is coming Father's Day. Yeah, Memorial Day. Yeah. July 4th. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. July 4th mm-hmm. is July 4th. great. Big you get one. to see the fireworks, the fireworks out on the bay. If it's not foggy, but you know that people know by now though it's like in San Francisco it's it's going to be hit or miss with the the fireworks yep. but if you happen to see them mm-hmm. wow what a They're sight amazing. but if you yeah. if you do want to come out for fireworks we also have tons of new year's eve cruises though we definitely recommend you book those early because those sell real fast uh, um, do they how early yeah. do you recommend oh Mm, it, it depends but yeah. definitely the earlier you get the tickets the better okay. we're usually pretty close to sold out most of our cruises coming up to yeah. New Year's and then Eve Fleet Week is was that October? Uh, yes right. Fleet yeah. Week is the first weekend of October um, we usually actually also put on our own fireworks show for Fleet Week so Hornblower organizes it produces it especially for our own dinner cruises so you could come out and see the Blue Angels fly on one of our cruises in the afternoon or see our special Hornblower fireworks. I highly recommend that, night. folks. I've been on the Bell for Fleet Week, and it is such an experience yeah. to be right out in the Oh, bay. it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And I do recommend getting those tickets early as well. Oh, yeah. Fleet Week, the second you can buy them. I don't even know if we have them up on sale yet. We usually They're kind of wait. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we keep an eye on our website. Those yes. those go real oh, fast. So, right so let's away. reiterate, uh, the, the website is hornblowers.com. Horn, hornblower.com. Hornblower.com. Yep. Plural. I mean, a singular. Singular. H-O-R-N-B-L-O-W-E-R.com. You got it here. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you guys been working for Hornblowers? Uh, have you been with the company some time or... So I've been for over a year, year and a half. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then yep, and I've been here about two years working for Homeblower. Great. Uh, where are you guys coming from? Are you native San Franciscans? Or? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> question. So I quite. do have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't notice. Give it away. <laughs> well, I'm originally from Albania. So oh, Albania you know from Albania. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Albania from Albania. <laughs> it's pretty easy to memorize. It's uh, southeastern Europe. It's by Greece and Italy. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That's, uh, I'm originally from there, but then I moved to the Bay Area 10 years ago. 
Wow. So now I consider myself a native. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm originally from the South Bay, so little Milpitas next to San Jose. Um, been other places since. I actually used to work on cruise ships, so I used to work oh. for Norwegian Cruise Line. So apparently, I really like boats. <laughs> yes. You have a thing for floating <laughs> hotels. Yes, I, I like the water. I like to be out on the water. Like so boats. do I. I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> So here you are. Working yep, for here I am. Hornblower. It's a great company. Yep. Uh, thanks again for giving away those tickets to our listeners. That was fabulous. Oh, yeah. And um, folks, once again, go to their website now and check out all their fabulous project uh, products that they have to offer. And um, and yeah, and, and we're going to get you on the boat, Armando. Yeah. <laughs> since we're on the topic of Father's Day, it's a good excuse to get your dad off the couch and onto the boat. Yes. Yeah, he can drink beer on the boat drink, instead of the couch. The bring the whole family. Bring the couch, there'll be couches there too. <laughs> we have some chairs. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, we'll be right back with us after a short musical break. Don't go anywhere.
forwarded to an automatic voice. Folks, we're calling uh, Houston, Texas, talking to Mark DeLang, one half of the fabulous production group, Dirty Disco. Welcome. How are you? Oh, thank you. I, <laughs> I'm good, man. It's, uh, it's getting hot here. <laughs> Houston, Texas. Yeah. How hot is it? It's 96 degrees, and my ass was inside the air conditioning. Oh. are you? Did you have to step out to take this call? <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. So I didn't want the echo of the house, you know. Yeah. Thank you so much for stepping out in the sweltering heat of Texas to talk with us here in San Francisco, where it's cool. It's not that warm. <laughs> I am so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm so excited to be touching base with you again, because you guys have just dropped a really hot new Pride product. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. I'd be delighted to. And thank you for calling us, man. So every year we always do a pride record and uh, we just give it out to the community. Um, and we kind of felt like this time it was time to bring back, you know, that 1983, I am what I am, uh, single that Gloria Gaynor did, mm -hmm. which actually it was, a, she, it was a cover when she did it, but she's most iconic for the one that's, you know, the hands in the air anthem. Yes. Uh, and we're, yeah, we're excited by it. So it, it's one of those things where we kind of felt like because of the political climate and everything that's going around, that our community really needed something like that. It needed that record to lift us up again, you know? So that's what inspired us. So, yes, so I am what I am, uh, Dirty Disco featuring Brenda Reed, is that correct? Brenda Reed, that's right. This is the second single that we've used her on. We did the uh, Absolutely Not with her. And she just 
is amazing. She's a great talent to work for. She sure is. Tell us a little bit about where she's from and her history. Do you do you know a lot about her bio? Um, you know, it's interesting because it is my assumption in talking with uh, with Matt Consola, who owns Swiss Craft, mm-hmm. uh, and then also Leo Frappier, you know, who's from your area, yes. that Brenda's actually from out in your area. So she's kind of not necessarily local, but she's more local than Houston. <laughs> did, did did they recommend her to you to, as, as the um, lead singer on the project? No, um, they did not, actually. But we have just, in listening to what Matt Consola has done with, you know, his singles out on Swishcraft. Yes. She's just a great, a great talent. And we always look for that talent that is very soulful and delivers that, you know, that it's kind of an intangible diva aspect that just gives you this uplifting journey. Uh, And Brenda just seems, she's like this she's able to morph into all these different talents. So whenever we did absolutely not, which was the old, you remember the old Deborah Cox record, she did really well with that. And then she was able to really emulate the power of Gloria Gaynor. So we had to go with her. It was just amazing. So we approached her about it. Oh, that's fabulous. She's such a dynamic singer. I can't wait to play for our listeners. Uh, you've gave us, you've given us an exclusive here. Uh, well, it, it's everywhere, but you, you sent it to me, and I really appreciate it. Your version of I Am What I Am uh, by Brenda Reed. We're going to play that in just a minute. Um, I want to introduce you, by the way, to my co-host today, Amando's here. Hello, hello. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, man. <laughs> uh, so, how's the how's the the song uh, playing over there in Houston at your your joints? You um, these guys, uh, by the way, listeners own uh, Hamburger Marys, which you must stop in if you've ever in, go to Houston, and, and also the Eagle. Uh, those are the two venues I know. You may own more by now. I'm not sure. <laughs> right? Yeah, we opened. Uh, we're opening a new place actually Memorial Day weekend called Alibi. Ooh. You know, like uh, Wilton Manor and P-Town. It's the same type of concept where it's a high-energy dance club. Uh-huh. Uh, but Eagle is Eagle is really the testing ground for our music. So whenever J.D. and I produce something, we always test it to the guys that are on the dance floor at Eagle. Um, <laughs> and whether, you know, if it works, then we, you know, we put it out. If it doesn't work, then we go back in the studio and we, we retool it. So we've been testing I Am What I Am for the last month. And it's doing really, really well. Uh, And that, by the way, the edit that you're going to play, you're the only one that has that. (laughs) Oh, so we did get an exclusive. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Mark. I love my exclusives. (laughs) Um, Fabulous. Uh, So it's doing well. Is there a particular night that you guys drop it on the the Eagle Eagle, uh, patrons? Well, there's, uh, there's three DJs that work for me, uh-huh. uh, and J.D. Arnold, which is my partner with Dirty Disco, he is the Saturday night resident. Uh, so he usually drops all of our new tracks in his sets, and then if they start producing, you know, they start doing well, then I give them to the other guys, the guys that work Friday night, the guys that work Sunday night, that type of thing. And then we all come together and we say, okay, this, this little break is working, this part is working, but the guys aren't really feeling this other section of the record. So then we retool it and start all over again. Oh my God! It, it, I love it. it. You have like a um, a machinery going over there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> well, it's you like know, hit makers. We were, we were DJs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, oh! I didn't. Well, you know, know our you know our history. So JD and I were Billboard DJs. So that's yeah. why. Uh, yeah, we come from DJ culture, not necessarily studio culture. Uh, so to us, it's really important. The dance floor is is critical. The reaction of the dance floor to the record. When did you uh, 
retire as a billboard reporter? Um, well, I started doing corporate consulting for AIG in graduate school, mm-hmm. um, and I had a radio show on XM Satellite Radio and a local terrestrial radio, as I call it, at, K- at 104 KRBE here in town, but I was going to graduate school in Arizona, in Phoenix. Yeah. So they would fly me back every weekend, and after doing that for almost three years in a row, I was like, oh my God, I am so done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, And then also, I really wanted to get into... Not necessarily being the guy that's standing behind the turntables, but the guy that produces the music and the guy that owns the venue where people dance. So that was the direction that I decided personally to take. Yes, and you and you've conquered that, and uh, the, you guys are really turning out the hits. So you, right as we speak, um, I saw your post. You have several collaborations on Billboard Club Top Fifty as we speak. Isn't that correct? It is. We have. We currently have twelve. Uh, now they're not all our records, but we're involved with them. So yeah. in other words, we've been hired to do remixes for the package, right? So we have twelve of those currently on the Billboard chart, which is which is beyond belief exciting for us. I mean, we still look at that every Thursday when we get the chart, and JD and I, JD and I just fall over. You might want to frame that one. Is that <laughs> that's the is that a record right now? Is that the most you've had in, in one time? Yeah, I was going to say, when we hit the 10 mark, which was about a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, that's when him and I decided to treat ourselves, and we went out to dinner <laughs> <laughs> and celebrated. Uh, but as of last week, it was 12 records, and the U2 being the breakout made it number 12, so that was really exciting. It is super exciting, and you guys turn it out. I love, uh, I've always been a fan. Before I even knew you guys, I was a fan of your music, specifically your remake of the I Feel Love project a while back. Remember that one? Oh, thank you. Yes, and listen, every time that you've been involved, too, in our packages, I mean, your mixes are fierce, honey. Oh, thank you, honey. I'm working on some new stuff. I can't wait to bring it out later when oh fabulous i can't i can't <laughs> wait to hear and we can always audio audience test it at the eagle if you'd like oh, I, <laughs> hey i'm in i want to i want in on that yes i i want to be a part, cool. a part of that system that's fabulous yeah you, you know if i could say one thing uh, yeah. regrettably i am not a musician i wish i was the only thing i have is a, an acoustic guitar yeah but i've only picked it up maybe twice in the past 18 years it's okay honey but, <laughs> your talent is your so um, um my co-host uh, amando's talent is um he's a director and film director and producer and and, and writer and, 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 and writer so. oh cool but my question actually going back to to music um i know that there's so many ways for artists for music artists to get their work out there but i would i i would just be so nervous it would be just so nervous just to test to see if this song will get people on the dance floor. And I was wondering, just from your own experience, has that ever had, have you ever had that experience where you put your, you have a song, you put it out there and... It like, flops. It flops. <laughs> or like, yeah, I just wanted to, oh, that's, okay. that's just got to be, okay. I can't imagine what that must be like. Well, I mean, we we had that happen actually with that lullaby record that we were, that the remix that we reduced, that we, uh, released i want to say that was tweakable was that like a month ago i think so god is it we do one a week one a week now so it's <laughs> they're all a blur but when we first we did it we took a very non-circuit um kind of housey approach with that mm-hmm. and we played it i don't know whether maybe we just programmed it incorrectly but it just it totally cleared the dance floor <laughs> oh god a little anticlimactic. I, I mean yeah it's a, somewhat of a letdown are you like looking around but, from around the corner from like the the office or something <laughs> 
But it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, you're going to fall on your face. It's the same thing as, like, I speak Spanish. So in order for me to learn Spanish, I had to get out of the classroom, and I literally moved to Costa Rica, and I lived there for a year. And I was constantly looking like an idiot when I would speak Spanish. And I would fall down all the time. But you just get back up and you keep going. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you guys, you just said a little bit ago that you take it back into the editing room and fix what needs to, what you think needs to improve the project. So it's like you don't, you don't quit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Make it better. Yeah. That's why I have a lot of yeah, that, musicians and a, um, yeah. Props to you guys. We 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 need good music to keep us through our day. So, <laughs> well, it's coming out right, of their machinery. Know, yeah, what what did it's you just say, Mark? Because that mm-hmm. I was just going to say that that formula for us with you know actually playing the, as soon as we get the record cut in the studio, then we go to the club and we play it at the Eagle. That's important to us because we're a gay music production company. So, the audience that we're playing it to is the LGBT community. So there has to be this connection with the music that we produce. And whether people are feeling it or not, that's it's kind of like the holy grail with us. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's why sometimes what we'll do is, even though we produce a record a week, we still sometimes will go back to the drawing board for a month or so on it to just make sure that it's correct and that it's reaching the audience that we're trying to reach. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, there's always there's always room for improvement in, in everything that you do, whether it's in music or movies or just just in art in general. I mean, it's just you know whatever whatever you feel needs to be fixed, just go ahead and do it, and, and also don't rush it because if you rush it, then it's just going to be a big mess, and it's just um, you know the craftsmanship is 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 key in everything that you do as an artist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. No, you're you're exactly right. There's a it's it's not out yet, but literally tweak as soon as I get permission from the label, I'm going to send it to you. So, okay. we were hired by Diana Ross um mm-hmm. to do a mashup of uh Upside Down and I'm Coming Out. Oh, cool. Because remember her, yeah, it, uh, ain't no ain't no mountain high enough. Yes, yeah, so I went to number one. number one last year. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, that's right. So she's that formula for her is really working. So, uh, you know, her management contacted us, and they literally gave us about two weeks to do two different mixes. One is a new disco mix, and the other one is more of our main room type sound. You know, yeah. the kind of circuit sound. Um, so, I mean, we literally almost killed ourselves over that record because it's Diana Ross. Oh my God! You I know? know, and they sent us all legend. the yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then what made it even deeper was it wasn't just an acapella that we had to build the you know the composition for. They sent us all the individual parts from those each one of those records from the late seventies and early eighties. So we had literally every hi hat and every guitar lick. Uh, and Niall Rogers is part of the project too, so that added to the you know the tension. So we had every little component, and we could either use it or not use it. Did you use some of it? I, we did on the new disco one. We did. Oh, cool! Uh, so it's one of those things where, oh my God, what do we do? You know. So JD and I were—I mean, we were literally killing ourselves. We were at IHOP every night, drinking coffee and going back to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you drunk one night and then have you send me those acapella <laughs> vocals to play. Around oh, I hope boy, so. I could I could use it. <laughs> uh, what's your What's your favorite drink? <laughs> do you have one? You know, I'm into. I, I am into Dos Equis Amber right now. That is totally my drink. <laughs> All right. It's a date. Um, well, I'm super excited to, to play I Am What I Am, uh, uh, Dirty Disco featuring Brenda Reed. Uh, here on House of Pride Radio, we have an exclusive Amando. It's an, a special House of Pride edit just for us. Awesome. Um, now, this song, is it being promoted on the record, on the record pool charts, or what are you doing with it? 
Well, you know, we've had a lot of record pool. That wasn't our intention. Whenever we do a pride record, mm-hmm. we just want to give it give it to the give community. Give it to the so DJs, it's not necessarily, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's not about going to Billboard and achieving chart success. It's a different agenda with these. You know, because like, yeah. we did, remember, I've got my pride with Pepper Mache. We did that. Yes. We did Coming Out with Diana Ross. Oh, my God, that was great. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that it's we're just trying to send a message to be proud of who we are. I love it. Uh, so there's no let's elevate our career type thing. Yeah. On top of this track, we don't have that feeling. So, but we have had a, a number of record labels like Zip DJ and stuff like that, and Mass Pool mm-hmm. that have added it, and then it's out on the uh, the promo only June mainstream club CD as well as their download service. Okay. Uh, so, so that's exciting. Yeah. So those things just sort of happened by chance, but that wasn't necessarily the intention. Right. Got you, folks. So this is a gift from uh, the Dirty Disco brand, uh, from them to you, to us. Uh, you know, it's Pride 2018, and uh, let right, the on. music move you to the dance floor and feel better about who you are. I am what I am. Dirty Disco featuring Brenda Reed. Here it goes. Mark, thank you so much. I love you guys, man. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Love you back. I am what I am. I am my own special creation. So come take a look. Give me the hook. Life's not worth a damn till you can say
All right, Dirty Disco featuring Brenda Reed. I am what I am, 2018 Pride Edition special remix just for House of Pride Radio, courtesy of Mark D. Lang from Houston, Texas. Thank you so much, Dirty Disco. We love you over here, um, folks. Um, that indeed was a great Pride song. That was Fendi. Yeah, so. that's coming from a straight man. You're saying it's a good Pride song. <laughs> So we have a folks listening to us. We have um, a situation where you are in need of something, Amando, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to try to appease you and help you. Uh, to go, you're the best. Thank you. So tell the audience what you need. Well, for well, before I before I get into that, I just okay. want for any of the viewers who are just catching, who are just turning in, who have um, who haven't heard me before. Um, I am, a, as you said, I'm a, I'm a director, writer, producer, and I'm working on my first full-length movie this year, and it's called Sacred Hearts, and Sacred Hearts is a story about a young uh, black seminarian named Gus who gets involved in a murder mystery surrounding Rose, a white transgender female artist whom he falls in love with. Uh, the story is 13 years in the making, but we're finally uh, getting the ball rolling and getting this movie made this year. Uh, but right now, um, I... I wanted to announce that um, I I am looking for a for a new actress for my lead role for Rose, and um, I originally had casted a, a a lovely lady by the name of Claire Farley who um, is just one of the coolest nicest people. But unfortunately, she had to drop out because of, because of work um, commitments. And um, and if she's listening, Claire, what's up? I hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, so right now I'm just looking for a new a new talented actress and um, just putting it out there. If there are some any talented ladies who want to come and audition to be a part of a fantastic uh, movie <laughs> and uh, and to play a really great character like Rose, um, I would I would it would be an honor. So. Oh, the phone is. Phone is lighting up. Uh, where can folks uh, contact you? You know what? You can contact me right now uh, on Twitter. You could reach me, and I'm going to have to spell this out because people butcher my last name all the time. But <laughs> you could reach me on Twitter um, at Euclid, U C L E S Armando, A R M A N D. That is my last name and first name. My full name is Armando Euclid. So yeah, you just reach me out on Twitter and um, and yeah. So just if you are interested, just um, reach out to me through there and uh, yeah, we'll just get some get some auditioning going. And um, I'd be happy to describe in a little more detail about the character or what do they need in order to be a good fit for the role well you gotta you gotta you gotta love your craft that's one thing you gotta be a you gotta love your uh your craft as an as an actress um the role is um between the ages of 25 30 but i'll go the latest 35 so 25 to 35 um uh caucasian uh blonde hair throughout the majority of the film but she the story takes, it takes the story the the span of the story is is four years, so one year she'll have um, red red hair or, or a, a color of the actress's choice. Uh, the the main part of the story she'll be blonde, and at the very end, uh, she's going to be brunette. And so Rose is just a very feisty young woman who speaks her mind. She's artistic. Her main goal throughout the whole story is to be um, a very successful artist. And um, and she doesn't define herself by her by her gender. She defines herself by her work, and she is someone who um, is good. She she works at, at an art school. She teaches kids to 
teach them not only how to be great artists, but how to be themselves, which is where the heart, where the story Sacred Hearts comes from. It's a universal title that represents a lot of different things in the story. And um, the story, it's there's comedy, there's drama, there's romance, mystery, obviously. And um, yeah, there's there's something for everybody, and it's it's a passion project of mine for a long time, as as you know, and. Um, yeah, and we're, we're we're I'm really excited about getting this getting this um, going, and the project it's 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 always going to be moving in different directions. But this right now we're on a really good direction right now. Um, I just casted a new actor to play Gus, so I got a new act I got a new Gus, and now I just need a new Rose, and um, and all other uh, people who are interested in participating in this great movie. Uh, again, reach me out on Twitter, and um, and then we could we'll just go from there. So. Yeah, but it's um it's not easy. It's not easy to make films. It's not especially here in San Francisco, but I think the impossible is always possible. All right. Okay, <laughs> folks. So do get in touch with Armando yeah. if you're interested in auditioning for a role in his feature film. Yeah. Well, it, that's about does it today here on yeah. House of Pride Radio. Folks, thanks so much for joining us. Again, congratulations to Pasita Riley for winning a pair of tickets on Hornblower Dinner Dance Cruises on the Happy Hour Party. And also to Bernadette Bowen for winning the second pair of yeah. tickets. You ladies rock for calling and listening to House of Pride Radio. Uh, we're going to leave it with a little more music from Dirty Disco and uh, see you next week. Yes, definitely. It's not
Chief of Staff John Kelly seems to be receding by many accounts. Hope Hicks is gone. He listens to old friends and ex-advisors, but three sources say this much is clear. He is calling the shots, not just the political shots, but the legal shots. He tweets when he wants to, and he will probably fire when he wants to, despite advice to the contrary. See Deputy Attorney Rod Reinstein. And he, Rosenstein, and he just doesn't want to hear anything, says an ally. The legal team, while continuing to speak with special counsel about the president's potential testimony, which now seems highly unlikely, is a demoralized bunch, although they would never admit it out of loyalty. And why shouldn't they be? They're trying to corral a wild horse, as one source close to the president describes him, into a singular direction. But this wild horse can't be dragged in any way. That's scary. And that's coming from CNN. And they're not traditionally left-leaning. So, like, what the fuck? He won't listen to anybody. He won't listen to anybody. It's just, it's, I guess it sort of embodies the American ideal of, like, Oh, fuck you. I'm going to get in my truck and I'm going to get my guns and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to do the fuck I want because that's me. I'm American. You know, the very like Ricky Bobby. I'm going to name my kids. I'm going to name my kids Walker and Texas Ranger. Uh, I, I guess this is attractive to some people that he, he don't take nobody's crap. He does. He does. He do what he going to do. And maybe that's attractive to some people, but boy, I'm more of like, um, you know, well, I make terrible decisions, but you listen to people and then you make your decision. And if enough people are saying, boy, this really, you really got to do that. You probably should listen to them. You know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do. It's, it's all very sad. Uh, Let's hit the other side of the world, uh, the left-leaning news, shall we? Uh, that's the kind of stuff I like with, uh, there we go. Uh, oh, God, there's another picture of him, and it's just, I just can't. I can't his, I mean, the worst thing is that he, he is so about physical appearance on everybody else you know like his beautiful wife who's not good enough because he wants to fuck porn stars because you'll never be good enough even though you're like a supermodel from another country that speaks four languages you know you can't listen to you you have the baby you're still not pretty enough i'm gonna fuck porn stars it's very sad it calls people fat has called rosie o'donnell has called people you know ariana huffington saying terrible things just says terrible things about people and especially gets on people's looks and he is the ugliest motherfucker he is fat he is orange and he has fake hair you can tell on his face that he's getting spray tan because you can see his eyes are like his actual color of white and the rest of him is just he is an ugly man with a tiny tiny penis i'm sure i really wish that stormy daniels would have come out and said like what what that that's you know is that the non-disclosure is that what the hundred and thirty thousand dollars was for was not to talk about his fucking tiny dick because his ego is so big obviously you're trying to compensate for something fucking oh didn't show anybody taxes i had to pay taxes this year you fuck bag did you pay any taxes president i don't i you know i have to go off at least once uh, 
God, he's just... You know, and I never thought that I would say I missed George Bush, George W. I mean, although he might have been complicit in the 9-11, you know, thing, at least, I don't know, is... is is he was refreshingly honest even though he was you know dumb i guess but what i don't know if he was honest he just looked that way i have no idea anything uh so stormy daniels still crazy things happening uh trump calls stormy daniels threat a total con job a non-existent man trump said of the person described by the porn star in a sketch released earlier president donald trump this is i find this very very funny. Uh, President Donald Trump on Wednesday called Stormy Daniels claim that a man threatened her in order to silence her about an affair with Trump was a total con job. Referring to a police sketch of the man released a day earlier, Trump retweeted a conspiracy theory that suggests the image actually depicts Daniels' husband. A sketch years later about a non-existent man. A total con job, playing the fake news media for fools. But they know it. Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, has said that in 2011, a man approached her and her young daughter in the parking lot and told her to forget about this story. Leave Mr. Trump alone. Oh, it's a beautiful little girl. It would be a shame if any if something happens to her mom, Daniels said the man told her. Wednesday's tweet was the president's second direct response to allegations that he had a sexual relationship with the adult film star. Earlier this month, he said he was unaware that his personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, in 2016 paid Daniels $130,000. Cohen told reporters that he paid Daniels with his own money and the Trump campaign was not involved. The FBI last week raided Cohen's office and reportedly seized documents related to the payment. Daniels told 60 Minutes in March that because of the threat, she signed a non-disclosure agreement in 2016, preventing her from discussing the affair. She's currently suing Trump over the validity of that agreement. She's also suing Cohen for defamation. Why is he responding to things? I, I think that that's insane that he's responding that's it, it seems like a bad a bad uh, a bad deal for him because he shouldn't say anything he should just deny not even deny just let it let it go uh let's see i'm i miss you latoya where are you wow toddler shoots pregnant mom with dad's gun in parking lot Holy fuck! Ha! What? If you didn't have a gun in your fucking car, you idiot! I want gun in my car! I want gun! Fuck! Fuck! The girl had no idea what she had done, and she was very scared, a detective told reporter. A three-year-old in Indiana accidentally shot her pregnant mother, leaving the woman in critical but stable condition, the local media reported. Wow! The child shot Shanique Thomas, 21, who police said is six weeks pregnant, in the shoulder Tuesday outside a Plato's Closet thrift store in Merrillville. 
Police said Menzo Brazier, the victim's boyfriend and father of the two kids, ages three and one, left his legal 9mm handgun loaded in between the console and his front passenger seat before going into the store, according to Chicago station WFLD. After that, the couple's three-year-old daughter somehow grabbed the gun and pulled the trigger. The bullet went through the back of the seat and struck Thomas in her right shoulder. The girl had no idea what she had done, and she was very scared. Detective Sergeant James Bogner told NBC Chicago. Police said she got out of the driver's seat and collapsed after opening the door to the back seat where the children were. Plato's Closet employee Hadassah Zirkel told WLS that people immediately noticed something terrible had happened. We just heard screaming. We ran outside with a bunch of people. Someone said someone was hurt and bleeding. Brazier reportedly ran out of the store and tried to stop the bleeding until paramedics arrived. He said, did you kill yourself? Why did you do this to me? Store employee Rebecca Todd told WMAQ-TV. He rushed over. He was bawling his eyes out, her co-worker Paloma Priesto said. Employees brought the children into the store and comforted them, while first responders arrived on the scene and transported Thomas to a local hospital for treatment. She was transported to Loyola Hospital in critical but stable condition, WLS reported. Brazier was charged with child endangerment. The two children are now with Child Protective Services. A loaded weapon with children in the back seat. A real careless act. Maryville Police Chief Joe Petruk told WMAQ. I hope she survives the gunshot wound. This incident is similar to a 2016 case that happened in Florida. The four-year-old son of a gun rights advocate accidentally shot her while she was driving. Oh, you know, I put my loaded gun in between the seat a kid can't get all you know those they have tiny hands and i bet you're like playing fucking video games with guns all the time at home so they're like "Ooh, guns are cool or what is this Ooh, a gun why don't you just not have a gun god my first amendment rights first amendment rights second amendment i'm sorry first amendment rights is what we're doing right here right now which is telling the news and stuff but uh second amendment rights so this is the gun rights advocate whose kid accidentally shot her could go to jail. The gun was unholstered and didn't have a trigger lock when the child grabbed it. The Florida mother and gun rights advocate who was accidentally shot by her four-year-old son while driving earlier, this is a couple of years ago, could be charged with a misdemeanor, the Putnam County Sheriff said. Captain Gator, Gator, what a great name, Gator Deloach revealed the details Captain Gator DeLoach, that's a great name, revealed the details of the department's investigation at a press conference yesterday, including how the toddler ended up with a loaded handgun while his mother, Jamie Gill, drove the truck. The investigation revealed that Jamie placed the gun, which was not in a holster, under the front seat of the truck. Sometime during her drive, the gun apparently slid to the back rear floorboard below where her four-year-old son was seated in a booster seat. According to family members, the child recently learned to unbuckle his seatbelt. Investigators discovered the child removed himself from the seat, presumably to grab a toy from the floorboard, saw the gun, picked it up, and accidentally fired through the rear of the driver's seat, striking Jamie. The bullet struck her in the back and exited through her chest. Whoa. Okay. How about, how about don't have guns? No, anybody? I just, I feel like we're, I mean, we're literally going to hell in a handbasket. We've got 
we're more interested in our, our president's more interested in telling you about his ego and that I'm better than everyone. I'm better than everyone. You know what I am? I'm better. I'm better. I'm best. I'm the best. I'm the best of the best. I'm the best looking. I'm the best president there's ever been, even though like nothing's happened yet. What has he done? Oh, here's another good one. Unarmed black man killed in mind boggling barrage of police gunfire. Excessive and unnecessary force. Uh, an attorney for Deontay Yarber's family called it the worst case of excessive unnecessary force he's ever seen. A lawyer representing relatives of an unarmed black man killed in a hail of police bullets in a California Walmart parking lot accuses officers of profiling, stalking, and unjustifiably shooting him. Deontay Butchie Yarber. 26, who had been driving his cousin and friends to a Walmart store in Barstow, died when police fired what a witness told the Guardian sounded more like 30 bullets, more than 30 bullets. A passenger was seriously wounded. They saw a car full of black people sitting in front of a Walmart, and they decided that was suspicious. Lee Merritt, an attorney representing Yarber's family, told the paper. They just began pouring bullets. It's irresponsible. It's dangerous. It's mind-boggling use of force. He said Yarber was hit an estimated two dozen times. The San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department said Barstow officers opened fire after the driver of a black Mustang, wanted for questioning and recent crime involvement in a sto- of a stolen vehicle, suddenly reversed in a getaway attempt, crashed into the two patrol cars, and accelerated toward the officers police had been sent to the Walmart lot to investigate a call of a suspicious vehicle, the sheriff said in a statement. Officers involved in the April 5th shooting have been placed on paid administrative leave, police said. Dale Galipo, an attorney representing Marion Tafoya, 23, a backseat passenger seriously wounded in the shooting, said officers weren't in the path of the Mustang, so they had no jurisdiction to open fire. Video footage of the car after the shooting shows what appears to be many bullet holes. There's also minor damage to the front bumper and side fender, but it's unclear whether that happened prior to the incident. Yauber's aunt, Alita Yauber, said the car belonged to her son, who was a passenger in the vehicle, and that hadn't been reported stolen. She said her son had not been able to say much of anything since the shooting because it was very traumatizing. Yarber was a loving, caring, and friendly person, said Samantha Robledo, who has a seven-year-old daughter named Nalia with Yarber. Our relationship was like no other, she told HuffPost. Yarber also has daughters ages nine and one. Yarber's sister, Ruby Hawkins, told The Guardian that police frequently targeted her brother. They are the biggest criminals. They are bullies with badges. I don't know how you can fear for your... I don't know how you can fear for your life with a person that's moving away from you, she said. Merritt, the family's lawyer, wrote on Facebook that the shooting was the worst case of excessive and unnecessary force I have ever seen in my career. The Yarber family deserves answers in the form of transparency by the Barstow Police Department, he said. Body, dash, and surveillance video must be turned over to my office immediately. The San Bernardino County District Attorney must thoroughly investigate and zealously prosecute the gunman involved. Yarber's killing comes amid continuing protests against the Sacramento police shooting of Stephen Clark, also an unarmed black man who was gunned down in the back in his back his grandma's backyard in March. But yes. 
So, yeah, what's going on in the world? We've got kids shooting their parents accidentally. And we've got the police not accidentally shooting black dudes. And we've got a president who doesn't give a fuck about that at all. Hasn't really said anything about gun control or violence or um, any, I mean, do, hey, do the, are there, in uh, England, I believe that there's no guns uh, uh, for their police officers. Police, and I'll put England. Um guns question mark police use of firearms in the united kingdom why british police don't have guns all right see it's that easy folks this is from september 19th 2012 so it's old this is from so six years ago british police are like hey we don't have guns the deaths of two female police constables have brought into focus the unarmed status of most British police. Why does Britain hold firm against issuing guns to officers on the beat? It's the single most obvious feature that sets the British Bobby apart from their counterparts overseas. Tourists and visitors regularly express surprise at the absence of firearms from the wastes of officers patrolling the streets. But to most inhabitants of the UK, with notable exception of Northern Ireland, it is a normal, unremarkable state of affairs that most frontline officers do not carry guns. Unremarkable, that is, until unarmed officers like Nicola Hughes and Fiona Bone are killed in the line of duty. There are always those who question why Britain is out of step with the rest of the world, with the exceptions of the Republic of Ireland, New Zealand, Norway, and a handful of other nations. For a heavily urbanized country of its population size, the situation in Great Britain is arguably unique. Film director Michael Winner, founder of the Police Memorial Trust, and Tony Rayner, the former chairman of Essex Police Federation, have both called for officers to be routinely armed. But despite the loss of his two officers, Greater Manchester Chief Constable Sir Peter Fai was quick to speak in support of the status quo. We are passionate that the British style of policing is routinely unarmed policing. Sadly, we know from experience in America and other countries that have armed officers certainly does not mean, sadly, that police officers do not end up getting shot. But one thing is clear. When asked, police officers say overwhelmingly they wish to remain unarmed. A 2006 survey of 47,328 police federation members found that 82% did not want officers to be routinely armed on duty, despite almost half saying their lives had been in serious jeopardy during the previous three years. In a position shared by the Police Superintendents Association and the Association of Chief Police Officers, the British public are not nearly so unanimous. An IMC poll in April 2004 found 47% supported arming all police, compared with 48% against. In 2007, the center-right think tank policy exchange found that 72% of 2,156 adults wanted to see more armed police patrols. For decades, there have been incidents that have led to calls issuing all officers with firearms. Cases like those of Sharon Bagavinsky shot dead during the robbery in 2005, or the three planes closed officers murdered by Harry Roberts in West London in 1966, or the killing of PC Sidney Miles in the Derek Bentley case of 1952. Few expect the system to change, even after widespread public horror at the deaths of PCs Bone and Hughes. 
For one thing, incidents such as that in Greater Manchester are extremely rare. Overall, gun crime, too, remains low. In 2010-11, England and Wales witnessed 388 firearm offenses in which there was a fatal or serious injury, 13% lower than the previous 12 months. In Scotland during the same period, there were two fatal and 109 non-fatal injuries during the same period, a decade-long low. Additionally, officers, chief constables, and politicians alike are wary of upsetting an equilibrium that has been mainly throughout Britain's 183-year policing history. There's a general recognition that if the police are walking around with guns, it changes things, says Richard Garside, director of the Center for Crime and Justice Studies. Arming the police force would, say opponents, undermine the principle of policing by consent, the notion that the force owes its primary duty to the public rather than to the state, as in other countries. This owes much to historical foundations of British criminal justice, says Peter Waddington, professor of social policy at the University of Wolverhampton. A great deal of what we take about normal policing was set about early in the 19th century, he says. When Robert Peel formed the Metropolitan Police, there was a very strong fear of the military. The masses feared the new force would be oppressive. (laughs) like our police, a force that did not routinely carry firearms and wore blue rather than red, which was associated with the infantry, was part of this effort to distinguish early peelers from the army, Waddington says. Over time, this notion of guns being inimical to community policing and, indeed, the popular conception of the Dixon of cock green style Bobby was reinforced. While some in London were issued with revolvers prior to 1936, from that date, only trained officers at the rank of sergeant or above were issued with guns, and even then, only if they could demonstrate a good reason for requiring one. Today, only a small proportion of officers are authorized to use firearms. Latest home office figures show there were just 6,653 officers authorized to use firearms in England and Wales, about 5% of the total number. Hey, Latoya! Hey. How was the How was the doctor? Uh, well, I I need to renew my insurance. Oh no! That's what it, That's what that was all about. Oh! But I don't know why. Like Wednesdays are all usually the best day for me to go. No, like around ten thirty. Perfect. Eleven. But yeah insurance fine yeah guns guns so this is so funny today i mean it's not funny it's terrible but um in indiana a three-year-old shot her pregnant mom oh god no yeah because dad goes into the thrift store and uh, leaves his loaded gun in between the seats no so dad so mom's sitting in the mom's sitting in the in the driver's seat oh my god dad puts his gun in between the seat and the console just popping into the thrift store just you know get whatever and the child, the three-year-old girl, reaches in between the seats, yeah. get, gets the gun, shoots her mom in the shoulder. Oh, my God. Uh, I know. Rem- and reminiscent of, remember, in 2016, the lady who's four-year-old in, in, a, in a, what, Florida, her four-year-old shot her? And she yeah. was like a big gun rights advocate. Okay. This is, that's irresponsible as a gun owner. You dumb yeah. son of a bitch. And also, too... You don't put your gun in the council because what if the gun could have like went off on his pregnant wife? As he it said, did. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I hate, I hate to say I told you so, idiots, but why do you have a gun? Oh, that packs. <laughs> packs is crazy. That packs. <laughs> packs a punch. <laughs> so. Packs you out. <laughs> so like, what's happening in America? Like, 
our, our president's an egomaniac who has an inflated ego that he needs to tell head. everybody. I know. I, I, I think the old disclosure agreement with Stormy Daniels is for her to come out and tell us that he has a tiny winky wiener. <laughs> because he's so, he is so intent on judging everyone else's looks. He owned the Miss USA pageant. Mm-hmm. He loves judging women so much. He has never been an attractive man. Never. And yet, and yet, he ain't got I, no I'm so good. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the richest. I'm the smartest. And now his lawyers, he's not listening to his lawyers. He's uh, tweeting willy-nilly. I just hope that he digs his own grave. He's like, I will dig my own grave. I have the shovel. I am grave. the best person at digging, obviously. <laughs> if there is ever a grave to be dug, I could, I do, could it. do it. I'll do it the best. <laughs> that is so good. I am the best. I'm the best at hanging my own self. Yeah, he well, he's trying to be his own lawyer now. Oh, by the way, he's not a lawyer. See, now if Obama wanted to be his own lawyer at any point, of course he wouldn't need to because he's an honest, upstanding... And he studied constitutional law. Right, he's a lawyer. lawyer. He's oh. literally... Really a lawyer. God. So, like, if Obama was like, "Hey, everybody, I'm gonna gonna," if something terrible happened and he had to represent himself, which obviously he never would because he has impeccable integrity and he's amazing as a human being and just all and, all and the way around. He's easy on the eyes. He's easy on the eyes too. Good looking man. Doesn't have a huge ego. Isn't constantly like, okay, he's exactly the opposite of our new guy. But he, you can't. He who represents himself in court has a fool for a client. Right? Yes, yes. And we've seen uh, episodes of when episodes. Uh, yeah, I know of the new is, reality TV show called The This is a presidency. reality show for yeah. real. Um, where people have represented themselves in the court of law and they always lose. Yeah, you can't. You can't how can you? you? Because the thing is, you need the whole point of having a lawyer is having someone outside yourself represent you in the way that you can't. Like, because you, who knows? Who you understands the law? that studied law. Yeah. That's like me being a, hey, I, I, you know what? I'm going to be a surgeon today. I don't know shit about surgery, yeah. but I feel like cutting someone up and digging up their kidneys. Well, well, here's the thing, though. I don't know anything you, about surgery, so. But you've had a period for many years, so maybe you should just be the chief of obstetrics yeah. <laughs> at Kaiser. Because right. you could just apply for that job right now. Because I as a woman, me. having a uterus and having a vagina that does things, <laughs> I'm sure that you have the qualifications I, yes. to be the chief of obstetrics. I totally do. Absolutely. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but yes, I do. Baby, baby. Uh, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> OBGYN. But that that's Fun the word. home point. Exactly, that's exactly. Point. No, but that's a, it's the same thing of like, I could be my own. I, if I could be president and I have no idea anything about anything, clearly I could be my own lawyer. Well, you know, his lawyer, well, one of them, because uh, he barely has any Yeah, left. he's like three left in yeah. there. Mm. Well, Cohen, Cohen, oh, yo, did you hear about that bombshell uh, this week? That, okay, so he has, Cohen had three clients. One was... Um, head of one uh the uh, rnc chairman uh who got caught uh paying 1.3 million dollars to a playmate because c- he had an affair with one wow. and got her pregnant and she had an abortion wow so that's wow uh, and we know uh president chito is also one of his clients the third one they didn't want to disclose in court Ooh. the third one they said they were embarrassed to say but they, the judge said, you have to tell me who your third client is. Sean Hannity. Wow. That's so funny. So if you know, Sean Hannity has been sucking uh, Cheeto's dick. And now I was just reading that he's also been um, 
helping Trump with his tweets. Oh no. Conflict of interest. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, but uh, if, you, if you read all the other things that they they've been advising him, stop tweeting. Stop it. Stop it. The the court of public opinion is not a real court. The court is a real court. Court is a real court. The, yeah. The federal system law exists. Now I know you never had to give. I know you didn't have to give us your tax filings. You know and. I, I really they got those probably too after the raid last fucking week. better. It, no, nothing makes me more incensed that the, the, the president of the United States should be like standing up, waving their taxes in the air, saying, I'm an American. I pay taxes just like you guys. I am part of America. I pay taxes. I pay my he's because well, he doesn't because oh, when you're let me try to do his voice again. When you're as rich as I am, you don't ever have to pay taxes because what you pay is a tax attorney so that the money that I would have given to the government actually goes to my tax attorney. So I am a job creator. Do you see? The, the money, Trickle down. Yeah, because the, well, the money that I would have paid in taxes is a job. You give him every dollar he finds and I don't have to pay, go straight to him. Tax attorney. I, dude... Shit is about to go down. I can't. I mean, it's, I can't. It's, I can't wait. I like it's too much. It's, it's like, too, is it real? Or is this really? And okay, so here's the thing. This is this is scary. This it does. Listening audience, this does all come together. So today, the things that are converging are um, our president's an out of control wild horse maniac that won't listen to anyone, has no whisperer, and is off the fucking rails. There are legal things happening, and that's going to come to fruition. Also, on the other end, I feel like we've got uh, the other three. We've got gun control issues on both ends. We've got unarmed black men being shot egregiously by the police. Uh, excessive force. We've got gun issues. We've got children shooting their parents with guns, and yet, and yet we're we're so concerned about. I mean, what's the real issue? If this was a real president, if he was a real fucking, if he really fucking cared about the United States, he would stand up and say something about gun control right now. This is happening. This. Unarmed black men are being shot in their grandmother's backyard. Here's this is a fucking problem. Here, here's something that a lot of people aren't saying. But it needs to be said. He doesn't care about this country. Care he don't give this country. He cares about his pockets. But he's so dumb that he doesn't understand that by not giving a goddamn is going to affect his pockets. Yeah. And it's just like I don't understand the whole Republican Party. I just don't understand the fact of like your so-called trickle-down economics and your tax cuts aren't benefiting. Okay, so you're you're getting your donors paid off. Good, great. But in the long run, it's going to hurt everybody. It's going to hurt your pockets. You want to keep your millions and billions of dollars, but you ain't going to keep anything because everything that you're doing with the economy and by hurting the little common man and the, or excuse me, woman, yeah, uh, yeah. and the middle class is going to there affect is no you. Class. You can't, you can't have, listen, if I'm a CEO of a, uh, a company and I, I manufacture products, if I'm getting my tax cut and I'm, you know, buying whatever lot or yacht or whatever thing that I want to give with my money, if I'm not helping the middle class and the poor buy my products because I have my tax cut, how's that going to benefit me in the future? When they're here's, poor, they don't have money to buy my, here's, my shit. Here's what, this is what the I Republicans... I just went on a rant. No, Sorry. it's good, it's good. This is what the Republicans would say about that. 
Well, you see, you see, Mitzi and I, we, when we bought our second yacht, really were job creators because we had to have, you know, a boat captain and we have to have someone pump the bilge, you know. And then the chef, the chef on board, of course. So really what we're doing is we're job creators, the people where we slip, where we slip our yacht. You slip. don't, they, we put it in the slip, of course, you know, we have to pay that. So please, we are job creators, you know. <sighs> um, <laughs> Um, so, but this goes into what's actually, th- what's trickling down right now is racism and hate and scary stuff. Let me tell you, tell you, tell yo <laughs> about, um, hashtag El Toro race wars, uh, 2018. El Toro is an amazing Mexican restaurant here in the mission district, 17 in Valencia. Every, if you've ever listened to this show for the many years, you'll have heard me talk about before. The happy hour special is phenomenal. She likes to go there. It's a dollar fifty taco, right? You can get you can get one taco for a dollar fifty, and you get free chips. And their salsa bar is great. They've got little radishes. You can like, if you only have a dollar sixty eight, you can get like a carnitas taco and they put a lot of meat on it and little beans and then this salsa bar and you can get like a jalapeno that's grilled and some things and the chips and like it is you could scrape that money from in between your couch cushions and go to el toro anyways so el toro on 17th of valencia is next door to a funeral home so in when jonathan and i get there we get in line the line's pretty long because these people had just come from a funeral and they're cute little girls they're little black girls and they're wearing these cute little pink dresses and they look so cute but i was just like i like kind of knew it was it was a friday so i knew it was sad that they were at a funeral i just assumed this i didn't say anything or anything but it was a big family that's lovely so big family they're all sitting down we're all in line and jonathan and i are pretty hungry it's like 3 30 we haven't eaten yet today but we're just like being patient everything's cool and one guy kind of like cuts in with the rest of his family and the line is out the door. And he, like, just kind of walks in the other door and cuts him with his family. And we're like, okay, that's cool, whatever. But they're getting a huge order, but they're all paying separately. And the first girl is up there, part of the family, they're paying, everything's fine. But then one of them, she doesn't understand, and either does this guy the way it works, is that they make your food and then they pass it down the line. And then the order your food comes in is how you pay. But the girl is trying to pay for her food that's not there yet. So she's telling the lady and she's like, this isn't the way it usually works. And then his tacos are behind our tacos. So then he's like, next in line. He's like, those are my tacos over there. She's like, no, no, these guys are next. And he's like, "Uh uh-uh. And she's like, sir, you're cutting the line. This is what we do. And he's like, I'm not cutting the line. Am I cutting the line to us? And I was like, well, kind of, you kind of did. It's not the way it works here. Like the food is in line, not us. Like we're not in line. The food's in line. He wasn't getting it. He starts yelling at the Mexican. We don't even know if she's Mexican. The the Latina lady behind the counter. He's like, that's why we're building a motherfucking wall to keep you people out. Ah! You're so stupid. He's like, you can't figure out how to get your order right. You're so stupid. This is, he's yelling at her. He's like, I can't believe it. I'm not even going to tip you because this service is so crappy. I'm like, it's fucking El Toro. It's taco. It's taco time. Everybody have a good time. Everybody have a good time. It's taco time. It's $1.50 taco time. So he's going off in front of us. And then he starts yelling at Jonathan. He's like, you guys say I cut the line. I didn't cut the line. This, This stuff is terrible. And Jonathan's like, hey man, you're being a racist. That is not cool. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not being a racist. He's like, the service here is terrible. You don't know what's going on. Anyways, finally, like Jonathan speaks in Spanish to the lady. And I say, lo siento. Like, I I love you guys. I'm sorry that happened. We didn't mean to do anything. But he was like calling her stupid and saying her customer service was terrible. We gave her a big tip. We gave her like a $20 tip or something. But because we were like, so then it's not over yet. Then we sit down. We're trying to enjoy our tacos. And the guy, the African-American gentleman, and here's where I come in. I'm an empathy person. I'm like, he just came from a funeral. He's sad. He's taking it out on us. 
But as he's walking out, he looks at Jonathan. He goes, hey, man, you better thank God that that police station is right across the street. And Jonathan's like, oh, man, fuck you. I don't believe in God. But are you threatening me? Are you threatening me in El Toro? What are you saying? Are you saying that if there wasn't a police station across the street, that there something would happen here? He picked the wrong white boy that day. Think, and I'm sitting there going, Jonathan, Jonathan. <laughs> he's he's like, not the one. So then, and then Jonathan's like, you racist fuck. And then starts speaking in Spanish really loudly. And all the people are like laughing behind the counter and stuff. Because he's like, speak, because he speaks fluent Spanish. And like, so it was El Toro race wars. Fucking... 2018, and so, like, I get it. They came from a funeral, but that... I'm not going... I'll let you finish. But So I have a little empathy, but the thing is, like, that's what's happening in our country now, is that things are getting so divisive that even fun things, like $1.50 tacos, turn into, like, what, like, black people don't like Mexicans, and you're allowed to do that, and then Jonathan calls you racist, and then you call us, like, what? what's going on? All right. Yeah, please de- debrief I, me. I have I have an issue when there's uh, the p uh, you know people of color on color violence. I do, especially in a time like the 